the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast, the podcast for mental grit and resilience. Hosted by V. Binga and Tim Ganley. Hello, this is Tim. And this is V. And we welcome you to another episode of the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast. This is episode 41. Yes. And it is part seven of the... Four Pillars of Life, Stoicism, and the Vedas. Excellent. And today we're going to talk about moksha. Liberation. Not mocha, which is actually, I think, a little bit better. But anyways... Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we're back. So did you subscribe and did you share with everyone you know and don't know? Today is, it's moksha, enlightenment, uh, liberation, all of these freedom. big fancy words. And it's one of those things that a lot of gurus make sound almost mystical. They make it sound like it's, it's almost impossible to achieve that only a very few people have achieved it. and But in reality, there's people walking around all over the place that have liberation, moksha. There, there's people that might be your neighbor. Uh, definitely, there's probably, not probably, there's hundreds of them in towns, in, yes. uh, in cities. They're all over the place. They're not that guy that lives in a cave. Yes. And I always go back to the guy that lives in a cave because... That's a lot just, of issues. Like yes. That. <laughs> you have issues with guys living in caves. Yes. So tell me what is, to start with, what is moksha? Um, mo- moksha is liberation. That's the quick translation. But when we say liberation, it's liberation from what? Yes. You know, it's, you know, you have to be free from something Mm -hmm. right and i always like to look at it in the context of dharma dharma artha kama and moksha are you able to perform your dharma with as few obstacles as possible basically what when you don't feel liberated means you have obstacles around you that prevent you from doing something well what is that something that's your dharma what is impeding your dharma and are you free from that okay so we were listening to a guy on uh, actually on joe rogan's podcast yes a couple of days ago and his name is naval okay yeah. and he talks about in order to fulfill the next step uh-huh. is you have to have freedom of money. Yes. But he's not saying having freedom of money where you don't care about money. It's where you have enough money so that you don't have to do things that stop you from being free. Yes, from doing your dharma. So you don't have to always do things that you hate doing. You you have enough arta to be able to... Uh, navigate around those things yes and so the whole concept of letting go of everything and getting rid of stuff and money is bad is all false because when you get rid of money 
you no longer have the ability to be free to go after moksha. Exactly. Uh, the peop- the only the only case that you want to let go of everything in this world is if you are trying for moksha vertically like uh, you mentioned in mm. the last episode because i know like a uh, buddha he yes. was he was a prince yes he was a multi in today's yes. world he would have been a billionaire yes so to say that you don't need money to find enlightenment is not not that it's not true it's a lot easier to have money in order to find moksha than it is to not have money and find moksha exactly because exactly. I had, I remember a lot of our yoga studio uh, teachers. Mm-hmm. They they renounced wealth. They didn't want wealth until they had to pay the bills. Yes. So <laughs> they constantly said that money was bad. Money's bad. I don't want money. Money's terrible. But yet they always were working five six jobs. Yes. They were always trying to make just enough money to pay bills. But if you look at going toward moksha as also being wealthy first, yes. it's it's a whole different concept. Uh, the Vedas, the Upanishads, uh, all of the epics talk about wealth. The Old Testament, right? Krishna. Yeah, uh, was in Christianity, right? Yep. Uh, talks about wealth. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. So actually, Job, uh, I'm trying to think... Moses, all of them. Abraham. Yes, they were all extremely wealthy. In order to find that next step, you have to have wealth. Yes. And I was saying Krishna just before. uh, He was extremely wealthy. Yes. So the whole epics, uh, which is... uh, Arjuna. Yeah, he was a prince. Uh, So we forget in the United States that wealth is a very, very important part of moksha. Exactly. Because we've been taught that wealth is bad yes. by people that are trying to stop us from finding wealth. Exactly. So what would the next bit? So we got wealth. In order to find liberation overall, it's a lot easier if you are wealthy. Yes. Or in order to find moksha, it's a lot easier if you have it. Uh, what else can you tell me about moksha? It's a look, uh, look at your desires, evaluate your desires. Because the Upanishads say you are what your deep driving desire is. Are your desires creating obstacles? Okay. Are your desires keeping you imprisoned? Are, are they are they too superficial? Are they and when I say superficial is are are they leading you away from your dharma? Ah. Are they in line with your dharma? And your basically your main desire, your main focus should be fulfilling your dharma. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? How do you do that? Then you 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 find your several dharmas so, in your community. So I have a question. Yes. Yeah, is, uh, <laughs> Are we going about this backwards? So should it be Dharma, uh, Ar- Arta, Arta, Kama, and Moksha? Shouldn't it be Moksha and go down toward Dharma? Because if you're Moksha, if you've got that, then fulfilling your Dharma is a lot easier. 
is are they in exact order or should we be looking at them at a different order uh, actually they are simultaneous ah. uh, it's um it just seems easier to explain if you start with the dharma because that's like the you know that puts you in your community mm-hmm. uh, that puts you in this real world uh, but they they are simultaneous that's why you like calling them pillars yes they instead ex- of four steps you or have goals to, yep. yeah i actually don't like calling them goals because goals it's something like out there you I have am, to fulfill this goal exactly exactly that's why i like to call them the four pillars because they are right there all at the same time and that support your human existence i remember that was that reminds me of a teaching i had uh where they said that if you put enlightenment as your goal you never find it never so by calling them four goals you're actually stopping everyone from not reaching enlightenment i think it's a yogic conspiracy a commodity yoga conspiracy yes okay we'll be right back to talk more about moksha and conspiracies stay tuned do you like what you hear the spartan mind strength podcast is available on apple podcast and all other popular podcast destinations please subscribe today and consider leaving us a rating and review it helps us spread the word and help others find our content don't forget to leave a comment and any questions you may have tim and v would love to hear from you And we're back. So, pillars versus goals. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, say why it's more important to have pillars of the four goals? <laughs> <laughs> to make the goals into yeah. pillars, yeah. Yep. Uh, well, think of four pillars, right? And you have a building on those four pillars. It's right there. It's present. It's solid. It's real, right? When you talk about goals... What do you don't you associate goals with future? Mm-hmm. Right, it's always in the it's always out there. You can never it's you're always all, trying to get the next goal. You are never it. Your life is not solid right there. It's not complete. I know because like uh, back to money, the goal you know people say well I want my goal is to make ten thousand dollars this month, but they don't say how where a pillar actually gives you the the solid, the foundation to do it. Exactly. You do the numbers and you say, this is how the 10,000 is going to happen. So it's more it, real. It's more real. Exactly. Okay. And that, that's why I say it's a yogic conspiracy because the Upanishads were never talking about goals about goals they They just told you how to do it yeah and they were saying you are this what is your desire right now that's what you are that's what your actions are going to be and that's what your destiny is going to be so in destiny and uh this we talked uh i'd like to bring up the word enlightenment because moksha and enlightenment are basically thrown together yes and i like how you talk about enlightenment and what it means for moksha yes go ahead and uh... i like to look at enlightenment as 
being light. Uh, when you hear enlightenment, the so you're the, saying be a hundred pounds versus one hundred eighty? No. no. Uh, when it, the word uh, light, uh, you can think of light as something brilliant, right? And uh -huh. that's how enlightenment is explained in the commodity world. Or you can think of light in terms of heavy, in terms of weight. So when I say be light, is live light have few as few things as possible that are weighing you down that has nothing to do with a person's weight okay. that's in our mind that's in our soul you can think of them as attachments that are weighing you down so uh having two houses yes so is that good or is that bad it depends it depends on your dharma. How are you using those two houses? I'm gonna give even a more trivial example. Some people that are uh, referred to as house poor, right? Mm -hmm. They even refer to themselves as house poor because they bought this house that's taking all their uh, time and money and resources and they don't have the luxury of doing anything else. I know when I was a cop on the beach, uh, there was this multiple times I've been into mansions mm -hmm. yeah. and they had lawn chairs yes. <laughs> inside their mansion because they couldn't afford anything but lawn chairs. Exactly. Uh, there was no tables, the, the little refrigerator, a uh, couple lights and not even nice lights. So here's a, somebody that bought a mansion but can't even afford to live in it. Yeah, and they were probably most likely not enjoying Oh, they were any... unhappy as can be. So, exactly. So, is, is are your resources and your attachments in line with your dharma? So, if the person uses that second home to rest, relax, and do things... Exactly. Because their other home is where they work and make money. Exactly. So, th those things are okay yeah yeah they are in line with their dharma actually those that other house gives them the freedom to enjoy something more it's all about this experience is it supportive of your experience right here right now and so having that uh being house poor yes are they disciplined in making the money or is that a, is because being house poor does that mean they're disciplined or does that mean they're not disciplined wow yeah actually yeah that's that's uh, a great question <laughs> because i know discipline is a huge part of yes. enlightenment it, yeah and when we say uh discipline it goes it it goes to your desires and your senses because we we said earlier that the only desire you should have is to fulfill your dharma but where are all the other random desires being created from those are created from your senses mm. uh, from your five senses when it all goes deep down to that and i know that uh, i'm gonna bring up uh, steve jobs and i don't know if we i've quoted this before one of the things he said is to be brilliant, yes. which also falls under enlightenment, because yeah. brilliant is a light. Yep. Enlightenment is a light. Uh, to be brilliant is to not so much have great ideas, 
uh, to be what is it it's not to have one great idea is to be able to recognize and let go of all the other million good ideas so that's discipline is being that able is to discipline. let go of those exactly and that's that's what's here in terms of all our other desires that come from our senses is to have the discipline to tell the senses and the random desires no I'm gonna focus on fulfilling my dharma. So self-discipline is huge. You can uh, almost think of it as having, um, as having two minds, okay. right? Two minds. Yes. Yes. You have two minds. You have the the mind that's focused on your dharma, mm -hmm. and you have the other mind that's running around. And that's telling you, oh my God, look at this, look at this, look at this. And which and mind... That would be the monkey mind? That would be like the monkey mind. Mm -hmm. So which mind are you following? So it's not so much as you have to get rid of your monkey mind, which is what I've been told for meditation. No. You've got to let go of the monkey mind. It's to focus more, to have the discipline to push the monkey mind away exactly. and focus on the other mind. Exactly, exactly. Because, and also the, the monkey mind is extremely useful, right? It's extremely useful. <laughs> it helps you, it, it helps you grow because as you become more and more disciplined, then you can see, you can see a lot more through the focused mind. You can really pick out what the monkey mind is saying yes. and really go after one of those things and focus on it. Yeah, and go deeper, go mm -hmm. deeper. It's uh, That's why Ayurveda says everything is gray because nothing is black and white and you cannot appreciate black, you cannot appreciate white if they are not there. No. You don't know what good is unless you know what exactly. evil is. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. What else? Because I know discipline is huge. Yes. And there's another Navy SEAL that uh, we like listening to and he uses, and he, he talks about moksha without yes. saying moksha. Yes. Uh, I don't even know if he knows what it is, uh, but he talks a lot about it and discipline is one of the main things yes. to be able to grow in life. Yes. What other terms does he use that we can bring into this concept? He, two other, two other terms. He uses humility, which is uh, they pretty much the compassion. Okay. Actually, when we were discussing about uh, the three aspects of a hero in ancient mm -hmm. Greece, was compassion. It is in line with humility. And the humility is here in terms of your community. You are a member of your community. And you have to have humility in order to be serving your community through your dharma. And I know he talked about having to, he just went through the seals, yes. he did all this stuff, and they made, and I I know exactly. Yeah, you related yeah, extremely uh, well to that. You have to wash toilets. Yes. You know, so uh, I washed so many freaking toilets. Yes. Uh, cleaned everything in the military. We just, you know, no matter how many courses you passed, no matter how high you went up, yes, you were still lower than somebody else. Yep. So you had to have the humility to be able to, and that's and and that was one of the things as a supervisor, I would never let anyone on my team do anything that I wouldn't do. 
That's so it. they seen me do something, and then when I asked them to do it, they knew that I would I would do it also. So is that does that where the humility falls in? That's a perfect way to explain humility. Yes. And the other one is the extreme ownership. Okay. Own or own your human existence. Own your choices do not put yourself make yourself a victim of somebody else of circumstances of society of community of life you you have control over this existence i know that there's another book the 10x book that talks about uh and i don't know if he talks about it in that book but i know he's talked about another is that even if you get a speeding ticket or get into an accident, no, not yeah. a speeding ticket, but you get into an accident. You get rear-ended. Yep. It's still your fault. Yes. Because you brought yourself there. Yes. You have to own everything that you do and what happens to you. Exactly. So in order to find moksha, you have to own everything. So you can't blame anybody. Once you blame somebody for something, then you can blame them for everything. Exactly. Because to find that liberation is you have to get rid of all the obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you are the one creating these obstacles. Because if, if, this, if you cannot take ownership of these obstacles, how are you going to remove them? If these obstacles are created by somebody else, you can't if, remove it. If somebody else owns them, how are you going to remove them? That's, that's a, you have to have full ownership. He refers to it as extreme ownership. Now, with that, though, uh, you do something wrong. You yes. still have to own it. Yes. What about if you have in the back of your mind telling you to do things that are bad? Do you own that also? Yes. And you have to be part of that, right? You have to see the negative in you and then work forward with exactly. it, Exactly. Right? That's, that's part of the other mind, right? Okay. That's part of the other mind. You, you still own that. Now, that can be created from like previous lives or from... it, Which is a whole other... Which is a yeah. whole other story. And still, everything is in line with the higher power right? You, you acknowledge that, you decide that you own it. And in that, in that acknowledgement, actually, when you, when you witness that, when you recognize that, that gives you tremendous power, that gives you ownership. But it doesn't say do it. No, no, you don't go and follow that. That's, that's where the, the other mind is in. That's where the discrimination is yeah no no you can't you can't blame it in the voice in your head can't blame it on saturn no can't blame it on saturn can't blame it on any of the planets it's still you it's it's still your own choice and that's where you a lot of times you know you can ask for help because you're still not alone we say extreme ownership but doesn't mean you have to do everything alone, right? Yes. We talked early on uh, that no no one is a self-made person, yes. right? And you you ask for help, but you got to recognize it. Now, 
to say that, yes, it's the voice in my head making me do that, then we go into psychosis and clinical cases. That's beyond the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anything else before we say bye-bye? Just remember, live a light. Live a light and only one desire allowed. Okay. Say bye-bye. Namaste kala. May we all be well, adapt and thrive. If you found today's show helpful, please give us a rating, a review, or both. And subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. As always, namaste kala, which in Greek means, may we all be well. This program, Copyright True Fitness Incorporated, all rights reserved.